This is the podcast for August 19th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside the state of matrimony, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. to congratulate uh, Wolfram. Oh, oh, Wolfram, yes. He yeah. won the internet this week with his yeah. Yeah. tweet. You the internet, Wolfram. With? With? What was his, his quote? His tweet was, breaking, corporations announced that Mitt Romney is a person. <laughs> <laughs> you win, Wolfram. Yes, you William win. William K. Wolfram. So, now let's start kicking some ass, Blue Gal. All right. Well, we got a letter from one of our listeners, Robert, who has written to us in the past. He is one of our uh, military listeners. We love hearing from people in the military who listen to us online. And you've and, combed out the identifying details here. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I talked to him about it. I emailed him said, you know, we're going to read this on the air, and you got to tell us what we can say and what we can't. And he said, no, you can pretty much say it. <laughs> so, you know, he was really easy. Now, now you can go ahead and leave in all the military yeah. stuff because the military stuff is part of it. So go ahead. So, By the way, we yeah. get really long letters from people that are thoughtful and smart. Yeah, and fun. We yeah. just love them. We really do. Yeah, and, and this is a long one, but it's, a, it's more along the lines of what we've been talking about the past few weeks about how to talk to uh, conservatives and centrists in a way that reaches them and sort of gets in their heads and says, look, you know, there are things here that matter, like this dollar bill, the dollar bill trick. We've been talking about this for weeks. You hold it up and an actual dollar bill and say, you know, this is more money than – Mm-hmm. You know, the richest com- company in the history of the world, ExxonMobil, paid in taxes last year, and that's wrong. And believe me, we have gotten a number of emails back and comments back from people who said, that worked, and here's a variation. Yeah, and here's a variation, right. Or yeah. I tried this, or I talked about, you know, one of the things that I want to add to that the next time I try it as well is, you know, the majority of the Republican Party has signed a promise to a lobbyist. I right. like someone, someone let it reminded us that Americans for Tax Reform, <laughs> which is... But it's a lobbying organization. It's a lobbying organization. Yeah, run and by so, an awful person who's a bag man for even worse people. Grover Norquist is a lobbyist. And they promised this right-wing lobbyist that they will never change that. They will never change the tax structure so that the richest company in the history of the world has to pay their fair share of taxes or any taxes. They're not willing to change that. So... But let's get to um, Robert's letter. I'd like to add two more variations very quickly yeah. just to get them out there. And, then th- and this will literally take almost no time at all. Um, re- uh, reader Dan or listener Dan suggests two more variations on quick responses um, that he's also tried. He's, he's tried the trick and, and he gets nods of approval from Fox News viewers. Mm-hmm. But he's also done two others. He said, when his conservative friends complain about how high their taxes are, I tell them that since they aren't job creators, they, of course, have to pay higher taxes. <laughs> yeah. So fuck you. And he also says when they complain about high prices, I tell them that corporations have to make good profits. Yeah. And apparently that shuts people up awfully yeah. fast. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's thinking quick on your feet, but it's also remembering. But aren't you for freedom of speech? Because money is speech, you know. Right. Right. And just <laughs> throw that shit back in their face and yeah. do it with a smile. You don't have to get yeah. angry about it. But make them – you know, stand by their own ideology when it comes to the pain they're feeling yeah. or yeah. shut up and change their mind or at least have a conversation with you. Yeah. And this yeah. is the kind of on the ground, simple neighborhood person to person thing that we really feel is incredibly important in changing the political dynamic in this country. Well, and, so, and anyway. I don't have a problem with someone who's complaining about their high taxes 
You know, if if they're paying high taxes, and you know, a lot of people feel overtaxed for some. Everyone feels overtaxed. Everyone feels overtaxed, whether they pay taxes or not. <laughs> and you know, um, but the idea that Exxon Mobil pays nothing. Right. You know what? Right. <laughs> what part nothing. of that nothing. is? What part of that is right to you? And mm-hmm. why are you voting for people who have promised not to change that? Mm-hmm. Why is the burden on you and me instead of mm-hmm. on? The richest company in the history of the planet. Mm-hmm. Very who, good who, by the way, has lots of employees who've been to public school and mm-hmm. been to public college and got mm-hmm. educated by the military. Mm-hmm. A lot of those petroleum engineers went through the GI Bill. I know a couple of them. Sure. You know. so, and speaking of military, yes. I segue this off of, of Robert, but let's segue <laughs> back to Robert. This is a good entry into this his This is a letter. very good letter. Yeah, he's a, he's a good writer and a good friend of the mm-hmm. podcast. So I had another discussion at work. I am at a new unit, and there is always the getting-to-know-you phase, and I met and spoke with the Big Cheese Tea Party Bully Sergeant, first class. He is a dedicated Fox News Channel ditto head. I am challenging people on their beliefs with such gotcha questions like, (laughs) do you think people should have to go bankrupt to have a serious illness? And do you think people should lose their homes because they lost their jobs? And do you really want your Social Security to be invested in the stock market? (laughs) Oh, that's a gotcha question. That's so unfair you would ask that. Yes, right. So he hears me and chimes in with, that's why you can't argue with liberals. They think they're so smart with their college education, and they cannot be proved wrong. Wow. (laughs) Well, you've been saying that for years too, Driftglass. See, yeah, that's what a liberal would say, right? Of course, a liberal a college would boy use numbers would say. and math and stuff. <laughs> that's not fair. My follow-up got me into a little trouble, but there is an unspoken understanding when discussing political matters at the workplace, and that is, if you are going to do it, rank can't save you, baby. Yeah, if only I, the, yeah. like. Yeah, I really like that, too. Rank can't save you. If you're going to walk into this argument, if you're not going to talk about it, don't talk about it. But, yeah. Stripes come off. That's right. I tell this guy, no, Sergeant. That is why you cannot argue with liberals. You can't think outside the fox. And unless you have a constant ear feed of talking points, anything that challenges your already provided stance on issues causes you to think about issues. So now I have a new friend at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. After he settled down, he showed me his thoughtful side. After he exhausted his talking points and couldn't go to the television or the radio to reload, he actually started using some classic conservative arguments. And he made me think. Here is where I landed after this dust-up. Please hear me out. People should be conservative. People should have a sense of shame when they use social safety nets, even though they paid into them. They should aspire to be self-sufficient and independent, even though they use government to become self-made. However, government should be liberal. To address the question of what happens when a good conservative fails, as is often the case, people should aspire to not have to need government. And government should reassure the people that they are not alone when bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. We are in this together. You are not on your own. No man is an island. Mm-hmm. Keep up the fight. And he goes on and says nice words about our podcast. But thank you, Robert, for your uh, really thoughtful yeah. uh, email. 
Um, and I guess I would add to that, he talks a lot about people should not aspire to have to need government, that you should try to avoid needing government and really try to stand on your own two feet. But you also have to contribute <laughs> to society. Right. That's what right. so- this is. What he's talking about is society. Mm-hmm. And we all work to be as self-sufficient as we possibly can mm-hmm. and also contribute something. You want to give a something back. Contributing member of society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so – and and – I, I do not aspire to not need government when it comes to schooling my children. Right. I want them to go to public school. I want everyone, all children in our community and in our country to have a good, solid education. So that's an area where I'm not interested in standing on my own two feet in homeschooling and so forth. I know no. some people do, but I want – That's fine. Yeah, and that's, that's great fine, that you have the freedom you to can't- do that. But you can't – your ideology when it comes to educating your own kids at home, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Cannot include draining resources so heavily away from vouchering the public system to the point where you destroy it. If if your desired outcome is to destroy the public system, whatever that public system is, whether it's education, the military, which Mm -hmm. you know I know it's hard to believe. But we certainly came awfully close to destroying the military in these last two stupid wars we've been in for the last decade, Uh, destroying the environment. And the environmental protections of this country, destroying the, the criminal justice system so that only rich people will be able to afford justice. Yep. If your ideology says not that people should aspire to be independent, they should aspire to be self-sufficient, but that the system that catches you when you fall is the problem. Right. You know, the idea that you have a net to fall into makes people lazy. And that and we need to destroy the safety net to make it you know, absolutely life or death every time you make a decision. And if you if you make one wrong decision, you're fucking doomed. And if anything that levels the playing field with those who have money has to yes. be done away with as well. So unions, yeah. you know, yeah. any kind of any kind of regulation that protects the environment, as you said, uh, yeah. all those kind of things. And the banking. I mean, and yeah, this banking. is this is. <laughs> this is this is old Teddy Roosevelt stuff. Yeah, this is yeah. this is the idea that I don't want corporations to be abolished i'm a liberal and i don't want corporations to be abolished i like i like the intelligent allocation of capital i think that markets have their place i think that they're wonderful tools for rationally distributing scarce resources when they are properly fucking regulated and that you cannot have the government needs to be big enough to stand up to the biggest corporation and tell it no and make it stick and if government is smaller than that and weaker than that then you live in an oligarchy. And I don't want to live in an oligarchy. Right. I don't want to right. live in a feudal yeah. system. And so you need a government that's big enough and strong enough and powerful enough to act as a check on the excesses of the market. Because the market will, you know, everybody's played Monopoly. At the end of Monopoly, one person wins. The, the ends of capitalism is one winner and everyone else a loser. Yeah. Yeah. And that cannot be allowed to happen because it is absolutely antithetical to democracy. That you have an economic system that makes democracy practically impossible. And we want to do both. We want to have a free market and a democracy. And to do that, you need to compromise. So, Robert, that was a great letter. It led us you know, in our private life to have a wonderful conversation. And it's a wonderful example of the kind of thing you can do one-on-one to people who – you know, are wrong. Yeah, who and ordinarily you might just kind of clam up because they're bullies or you might uh, get in a fight with, you know, to no one's benefit. 
Mm-hmm. You can you can fight them with economic populism. <laughs> I think is what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, it's all good. And, so and there's, there's some people who are unconvertible. I really do believe there's just some people yeah. who are, yeah. but but the people who are unsalvageable at the national level, the people who are in the media who are just dead losses, the people at the who run political who run political parties. You know, Rick Perry is 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 a complete moral cultural failure as a human yeah. being. Yeah. Um, Michelle Bachman is the end, the distillated, the distilled end product of a completely bankrupt, frighteningly fascistic um, political system. She Let's can't be segue. saved. Let's segue into talking yeah, about Iowa. People, yeah, but the people on the ground, the people that you deal with every day, who have to live in the sh- in the shadow of these lunatics, um, there are more than enough of those people who you can reach one on one. Mm-hmm. To make a difference, I don't know if if it can turn things around, but that is worth the effort. It's worth the effort to take down the people at the top who really are wrecking this country because they're being paid to wreck this country. And, and it is, it is, I think worth worth the effort. I really do. I think Absolutely, it's worth the effort to change minds and one yeah. at a time in your own individual life. <laughs> uh, it's it's part of our mission. So it is. I'm it for is. it. For, Absolutely. Good God, we're, we're evangels. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> know about the, that. Bring good news to people. Yeah, you, know, well, I, you know, I'm just one of those people. I'm not an evangelist religiously at all because I really think God has need for atheists in this world and yeah. has put them here to do their their good work, and they're going to get into heaven before I do. So I really don't. I'm very humble about that. But um, I, I, I do feel like we are making a difference, not just you and I, but everyone who's who's working this way. And I'm really, we're always so glad to hear from you guys about how you're changing minds or at least having good conversations. And uh, you can write us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're getting married in a couple days. If, if you're listening oh. to this over the weekend, we're already married. So Yeah, it's done. It's over. Mrs. Driftglass. Mrs. Yeah. Driftglass, yeah. There's a, yeah, Not, I don't think that's gonna. <laughs> that's no. how it's gonna be. We're gonna. We're keeping our blogs, people. So. It's Ms. Drift Class to you. <laughs> Ms. Drift Class. <laughs> but we're very happy. I've all of a sudden trans been transformed this week into a nerve wracked bride. Yes. I wasn't expecting that. I'm 48 years old, and this is my second marriage, and I have three kids, and, and they're, doing they're it- starting school, and you know it's. Everything's fine. I mean, I this isn't this isn't a big wedding. This is a courthouse wedding, but uh, yeah, I've been an emotional wreck this week over it. So, well, and it's all been designed. I mean, this is sort of you know, this is where advanced planning becomes important because advanced planning for uh, for you know rest stops on a road trip is smart, but knowing sort of what you're going to be going through during the couple of weeks leading up to getting married. We have planned everything to be just as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. Just as simple and easy and, you know, people show up, just a very small group of people that we know, our family, um, you know. Some of our family and some can't be here and, yeah. you know. And, you know, they're coming down and they're, they're going to have, you know, coffee cake and, you know. <laughs> And Cup- juice and go back home. Cupcakes and juice and, and fruit and ham, yeah, so, ham. <laughs> we got ham. a canned ham. We got we got some nice ham actually from one of my relatives. Good. So 
Yeah. And it's it's all very low maintenance. Yeah. You know, it's it's very um, it is the most you know economically efficient and emotionally efficient and emotionally kind arrangement we could think of. But nonetheless, <clears throat> all that marriage stuff just comes with the territory. Yeah. So, but that's okay because it gives us a chance to take a breath, mm-hmm. count our blessings. Yeah. Which even if you're uh, an agnostic, a filthy, filthy heretic like me, or an outright atheist, although how you can be an atheist and not an agnostic, I don't know. But just a chance to sort of sit back and look at the stars and relax and take a moment away from the frantic idiocy that is politics. And well, and that's, yeah, feel. there's a good segue because I want to talk about this frantic idiocy. <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. you off of the, the romance and the counting your blessings because this is a political yes. podcast. No, this is about our relationship. Ah, he wants to talk about our relationship again. That's, yeah, I'm going I'm to hold your purse while you go into the changing room. Then you're going to come out and we're going to talk about a relationship. Mm-hmm. All or right. let's do that. Let's move on. Let's move on and talk about Iowa anyway, some more. Because isn't it amazing how fast things change this week? We're, you and I are very lucky people. Let me put it that way. Yeah, all right. Despite economic <laughs> circumstances and other things aside yeah. – and, and the fact that it's going to be a commuter marriage for at least the first few months, yeah. you'll still be working in Chicago. So, yep, yep. But hey, yep. we'll be podcasting every week, and yep, we love doing this. So, and we love you guys. So, thank you, thank you for all your kind words and wishes and contributions and mm-hmm. niceness. We've been we've been blessed this week by hearing from you, and we really. And as I've said it. before, and I really mean this, we're registered at PayPal. Oh God! <laughs> well, let me let me put it this way: we are not registered anywhere else because we have too much no. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa. Just I wanted to talk about a couple things. One really is ought to give Iowa a try. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. and how weird it was that Michelle Bachman won, and then all of a sudden on Monday there was Tweety anointing Rick Perry. As yeah. you know, the de facto nominee, mm-hmm. and well, Rick Perry and Mitt Romney, and and Tim Pawlenty out, and and really how thoroughly undemocratic, and I don't mean democratic in terms of the Democratic Party. I mean oh, undemocratic. How- this whole process for them is, mm-hmm. and I made the joke several places. More people <laughs> listened to our podcast last week. Mm-hmm. Then voted for Tim Pawlenty in the Iowa straw poll. Yeah, and I mean, and that kicked him out of you know yeah. <laughs> contention. And it's it's not about votes or attention or organization. It's about handicapping so that the money gets pushed in one right. direction. And yep. the reason Rick Perry is now the darling of the media is money, 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 money. Uh, that's right, absolutely. And, and uh, the Iowa straw poll will disappear from history and be forgotten mm-hmm. by the time this podcast is listened to by the people who listen to this stuff three weeks later. Well, and I did and a Photoshop well. on my blog of, of Michelle Bachman disappearing before our very eyes. She won. Uh-huh. And she was on five news shows on Sunday. She was. And by Tuesday, she, was. she wasn't an issue anymore because everybody's no. talking about the crotch, by the way. Everybody huh? knows his Rick Perry's nickname is the crotch because apparently... He likes to adjust his junk a lot. In or public. Used to, in public. Because, you know, why wouldn't you? You know? 
you know, <laughs> that that he's a separate There's issue. There's so much separate. about him that just disgusts me yeah, on a well, visceral yeah. basis. Just you know, a liberal would say that. <laughs> a liberal would say that. You know, it's, you know, you know what I, you know what it is? It's Obama derangement syndrome. Uh, no, out. it's not. No, it's not. You know yeah. what it is though, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this this week because. Whenever I come down the stairs visiting up up in the upstairs, we have our kids' rooms. And when I come down the stairs, facing me as I come down the stairs is my award from 2007 from Americans mm. United for the Separation of Church and State as the you, blogger of let, the year. <laughs> and you never let me forget it, Blue Gal. Well, it's, a, it's yeah. a great little poster they made for me. It um, is. And you deserve it. You deserve it entirely. Just, well, it, it was blogger of the year for and it says a fierce blogger mm-hmm. for the separation of church and state you know and that's been a big part of why i blog is separation of church and state issues and theocracy and rick perry is yeah. just it's to the point that the reason that barack obama is illegitimate and the reason that, you know, we can do Kenyan usurper and we can steal elections like Bush did twice mm-hmm. and, you know, all of these things are because really we're the real Americans and that's because of Jesus. Yeah. And it's it, as simple it's as that. It's all tied up in, yeah. you know, we, this is why, you know, we got this great article that someone mailed us since, via snail mail. About, you know, why is it that Democratic mandates don't count and Republican mandates count four times? You know, when you've got one House of, when the House of Representatives wins, that's this massive mandate to run everything and never compromise. But when the Democrats win all three houses, you know, or two, or both houses of Congress and, and don't have the presidency, well, they don't have a mandate. You know, we're just going to yeah. stop everything. And this well, one and senator you, can stop everything. It's because of God. You know, God you, is helping them you, run you, the world. When you lose the popular vote and steal an election yeah. or win an election, and I still contend that 2004 was won by the Bush administration, although it was some very dodgy stuff. But you win it by telling people essentially with a completely compromised, supine press behind you, mm-hmm. telling people who, who don't know any better, who are still scared out of their minds that if you vote for Democrats – your children will die. Right, right. That's how you want. And, and swift boating people, and just just pulling every fucking dirty trick out of the, out of the bag, mm-hmm. and winning, and still going to sleep at and, night. And, and and that was that was and and the and the denouement of that was, of course, um, Dick Cheney saying, you know, essentially, fuck you. Elections have consequences. We won. You lost. Go fuck yourself. Yep. And that is what every conservative blogger I know of told me. Yep. Or told liberals is we won. Shut the hell yeah. up. Oh, when and, you win an and election, Rush Limbaugh said that. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, Rush Limbaugh said when you win an election, you can talk. Now shut up. Mm-hmm. So four years later, Barack Hussein Obama won a convincing majority, thumped the crap out of them. Two years after the Democrats had taken the House and the Senate, mm-hmm. what was the answer from the tea baggers the minute Barack Obama touched the Bible? Oh, yeah. We need to take our country back. We need to get our country back. He's not my president. He's not legitimate. He wasn't born here. He's a black man. He's a Muslim. He hates America. He's a socialist. And and these deficits. Oh, my God. Where do these deficits come from? We need to stop this right now. Like You know what? I saw all this during the Clinton administration. The same clowns with the same tiny, mushy brains being told by the same demagogues to fight over the same issues. Scream socialist. 
suddenly discover that we have a deficit that you guys ran up, get hysterical about it, and make sure the president is not allowed to do anything until he pays the tab on the bill you fuckers ran up. And it, it works. And it works because people in the press will not frame the issue in that way. They will not point out to, to anybody that this is exactly what the right did during Clinton. That they are dishonest, criminally dishonest, extraordinarily dangerous theocrats who are running a party to take over the country and impose Christian Sharia law. And that has always been their agenda. For 50 years, that's been their agenda. And you are absolutely never allowed to say that on television. Yep. Which is why the people who either Iowa Iowa straw poll was a complete fraud, which I'm perfectly willing to accept that it is, in which case they shouldn't cover it, or it has some legitimacy, in which case Ron Paul should have been on every fucking talk show too. Yeah, But he right. wasn't. He wasn't on any talk show. Not that I want to lift a finger to help Ron Paul, but I think he has no. a legitimate beef. I really do. He does. He yeah. absolutely does. And the reason is the minute – the wild card race was over, and that's what Iowa straw poll is. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna throw a bone to some you know religious freak who happens to win this, and then we're gonna move on to cover who we want to cover, mm-hmm. people with money. There has been no let, let's be very clear about this. There have been no primaries at all. The only only test of presidential metal, as awful as it was, was this one stupid thing that we were all told by the media is terribly important. And the two people who weren't even involved in it are the two people who. Two minutes after it was done, we were told by the same media clowns are now the front runners. Yep. And I watched John Van Der High, who is the senior editor of Republico, which you probably know as Politico, sitting around the table at Morning Joe with a bunch of his frat boy buddies who run the media, laughing about the fact that Ron Paul can't get elected, so we're not going to cover him. Yeah. You know, yeah, it seems, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about Fed stuff. I don't want to talk about Federal Reserve stuff. Then they made several jokes about how awesome Mitt Romney's hair was and how even awesomer Rick Perry's hair was. And essentially, you know what? Michelle Bachman's good for ratings. She's nuts, but she's good for ratings. And that's why we're going to put her on television. Yeah. yeah. Which, if you go to Media Matters, you'll find out is exactly what John Vander High said about Sarah Palin a year ago. Yeah, yeah. No, she's nuts. She's hot. You know she's flake, so. but she has nice tits, and people want to fuck her, so we're going to put her on television. Yeah. Yes, we know it's wrong, but, you know, we can't control anything. This is just what the media does, it says yeah. the senior editor of an organization. And the question was, well, wait a minute. You're in charge of making that decision. And the answer is, yeah, I don't – this – Well, and, and uh, I think we have, to, we have to say, too, just in, in – Full disclosure and honesty, Politico is not your run-of-the-mill news organization. No. I mean, really. Politico is another wing of the Republican media machine. Yeah, And so, you know, that, that said. But they are making decisions. This is when we go back to democracy small d, mm-hmm. which is this process that they are going through of coming up with a nominee is the most and I know, I know there are problems with, you know, please don't email me about problems with the Democratic capital D nominating process. And definitely don't email me about 2008 because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't give a fuck about we what went on it. in 2008 as far, between Obama and Clinton. I don't give a fuck, okay? 
there, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, the the idea of the anti-democratic small d that's going on right now in the Republican is is unbelievable. I mean, if I was a Republican voter, I'd be thoroughly angry at the fact that the whitest state, you know, in the whitest county in all of the country, and it, you know, and it's what fourteen hundred people are deciding. I think it was like seven hundred and forty people voted for Rick Perry. Yeah. In the Ames, Iowa straw poll. Yeah. And, and they paid $30. And we don't know how many of them voted P-A-R-R-Y because Stephen Colbert told them to. <laughs> we don't know. You know, that's been sealed. This is not an election. This is not a process that's that's an actual no. selection process that's people-powered at all. This is, a, this is a media primary yeah. where the media is so – I mean, this is – you know, Michelle Bachman has put on five shows yep. for winning – if if this is a meaningless thing, that she shouldn't have been on those shows. Well, she was scheduled on those shows before the, before, you know, the, the straw was Saturday afternoon. She was already doing the full. It's almost like they that. knew she was going to it's win. Almost like they knew yeah. she was going to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know after she got her full Ginsburg, which is a term for going on every talk show, which happened. It's only happened like six or seven times. Yeah. This is a rare, relatively rare event. Suddenly, every camera in the mainstream media swings around to. The the W clone from Texas yep. and Mitt Romney because yep. they have money yeah because they have money and and Rick and they're, Perry and they're, has and they're not they're friendlier I think mm-hmm. their their operations are friendlier to the old boy network of yeah. Washington you know the villager media that's it that's but it, the so. fact that Rick Perry can be a front runner in the Republican Party after the entire party was had cratered. Under George Bush, yeah, uh, just announces to me as loud as possibly as you p- could possibly imagine that this is a theocratic front group yep, uh, yep. for corporations. I mean, mind yeah, you, yeah, you know, Rick yeah. Perry's friends are all billionaire corporations, oil, oil guys, yeah, yeah, who create him. But the 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 and this most recent poll, this most recent very interesting poll that has told every liberal what we've already known for fifty years is oh, the study, the, cor- the study about yeah. the Tea Party, yeah, that was in yeah. the Times today, yeah, yeah, yeah. Racist white people who have been Republicans for decades. Yes. Golly, you know, the people who I believe two of them are talking to you right now, who the minute the (laughs) party came into existence says, no, 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 no. This is the Republican base. Yeah. This is the fucking Republican base in funny hats. This is always this is what they do every two years. They reinvent themselves. They pretend they're a new thing. And the same ass clowns in the media. Let them get away with it. Yep. The same. I'm looking at you, David Gregory. Yeah. The same. The same idiots. The same Vanderhyde clones. The same Gregory Stooges in the media mm-hmm. who absolutely know they're lying. Yeah. Absolutely know these people are the same old retreads and have been for 50 years. Nonetheless, put that credulous look on their face and say, "So you're a brand new political party." To the point where you now have on some Sunday shows a Republican. A nominal Republican, who you know Matt Dowd or whoever the hell it is, a Democrat, a nice centrist Democrat, and a Tea Party member. Yeah, that's right. Like third, that's something. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a, that's a whole different thing. No, it's not. And if you're wondering about the theocratic base of the conservative movement, I strongly urge you all to go read uh, Alexander Stevens. 
cornerstone speech from March 21st, 1861. You know, this is the vice president of the Confederacy, and it's a famous speech. I used to keep a copy of it on me at all times so I could smack conservatives with it when they got out of line. But it essentially makes the case that Jesus Christ wants white men to rule the world. Yeah. Period. Yep. And yep. slavery is a noble institution ordained by God. And anybody who says otherwise, in future generations, people will look back and pretend this war wasn't about slavery. Don't let them get away with it. This right, is about right, slavery. This right. is the vice president of the Confederacy who said this. And this white, conservative, Christian sense of entitlement to rule the world is what absolutely powers the GOP and always has. And it just manifests itself in a slightly different way during each electoral cycle because you can't come out and say – God loves white conservative Christian men right. more than anybody else right. and superior and the rest of you mud people can suck it. You can't win elections that way. But that is awfully close to what they're now saying openly. Yeah. And that is awfully close to what Rick Perry says openly. And, and it's that's what gets what, endorsed by yeah. people like Chris Matthews. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's infuriating. And they they will not talk about the moral bankruptcy of these people. Yeah. They'll only yeah. talk about the process. Yep. You know, and how, you know, how, what are they angling for? Who, who, what's the base? You know, who are the, what are the counts? And what, what sort of strategy are we going to use this time around to pretend this right wing sock puppet is an actual credible human being? Yeah. He has very nice hair. He's bilaterally symmetrical. He has cowboy boots and he talks with a drawl. Well, I feel, I do feel like, I mean, it's a nasty thing to say, but I do feel like Mitt Romney and Rick Perry, they look like an old married couple. <laughs> you know, yes, they, like do. they just started looking like one another about 40 years ago and it just got they worse do. and worse as time went on that rich old gay couple everybody yeah, it's, yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm not making casting any aspersions no, no, whatsoever no, they, they it's just they just look like they're you know they just grew into each other's faces you know that's all that's well, all i'm saying they look like they look like you know ronald reagan's love children yeah yeah you know because they, 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 it's it's the same can they run over and over again yeah, I, I tried yeah, the new yeah. photoshop and one day i will of ronald reagan sitting at a desk with a Rick Perry mask and a Mitt Romney <laughs> mask and a George Bush mask in front of him because they're all the same, you know. It's just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're all fronting for the same really, really loathsome ideology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that ideology, the, the thing that's different in the last six years or so is that ideology is now so close to the surface that you can't, that it's actually visible. Its outlines are actually visible. Lee Alwater spent a lot of time encoding that shit yep. you know yep. pretending it's not there pretending it's something who else was, who was You're, the third guy in that picture that you had at your blog of lee atwater and um, ed rollins i think it was lynn Knopfsinger. lynn Knopfsinger, yeah yeah that's yeah. a great picture you have up there yeah but these people you know and ed rollins is now running the michelle bachman yep. campaign yep. you know lee atwater's soul brother oh and, and we've yeah. had a, we had a whole podcast about him and the fact yeah. that the fact that he's on everybody's Rolodex, Ed Rollins at the you know at Wapo and at NBC and you know he he's always good for a a quip and a you know an unnamed source inside the Republican Party says that I can count on such and such. So of course they're all going to cover Bachman with a a wink and a nod, you know. Sure, sure. Because uh, you know that's oh oh he's and she's and like I said before she's listening to him to her credit she's listening to what he said. Yeah, unlike Perry, so who doesn't have anyone to keep the crotch in, under control. Um, no, <laughs> or his but, mouth, his crotch and his mouth are both out of control. Well, and that's and, that's that's where you can actually see. I mean, every now and then the mask slips, and you yep. can actually see the media for the 
the soulless hack money machine that it actually yeah, is. They don't yeah. give a shit about you, about me, about anything. Mm-hmm. They give it a lot of uh, shit about money and power and the mm-hmm. and the, the power centers of New York, Washington, and L.A. And no place – those are – as we were talking about in our pregame, those are three of the seven hills of our American Rome. Right. You right. know, and at the and heart of them, never a recession in any of those places. No. You know, Washington D.C., the money is always flowing toward the source of power, and it's all always. just a matter of there's a job there for your wife, there's a job there for you. As long as you're feeding the power machine that is Washington, you're in. So yeah, and as long as you feed the conventional wisdom, the conventional yep. wisdom is yep. always. Neither political party is actually nuts. Yeah. They're just both – they both have their crazy aspects and they're both equally wrong all the time about everything. Yeah. And that Republicans are basically strong and love America and liberals are basically effete intellectuals who <clears throat> who's, uh, they have to prove themselves in ways Republicans never have to. Yeah. <clears throat> and essentially, um, you know, David Gregory and his ilk are the hammock in which the right has been reposing for 30 years. Yep. Because they don't have to do a lot of work because they know that David Gregory and people like that will carry their water for them because they have to. Because once that system of propping up the right collapses, these fuckers are out of a job. Yep. So they have to keep pretending that That's Rick why there's Perry this is non-aggression pact between each one of them, and yeah, it's just yep. uh, it's a bad. They never scene. name names. They they never they never call each other out. And Paul Krugman, to his credit, does that almost by name. Yeah. But. But you, you get these commentators in the news who will occasionally lose their temper yeah. and say, <clears throat> Congress this or people say that. But they're never going to name names because they would have to name people they share a, a back fence with, yeah. the people they go to barbecues, the people their, their kids go to school but with. But there's a double standard there too, Griff Glass, because um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz did not name names on the floor of the House. She said, my colleague That's just right. said this. My colleague, my esteemed colleague just said – such and such about privatizing Medicare, and he and I are in neighboring districts, and we uh-huh. have, you know, and she didn't say this guy wants to privatize Medicare and he's a jerk. She mm-hmm. said, I just don't understand why he's doing this because both of us have a lot of Medicaid recipients and Medicare right. recipients in our districts. I'm neighbor, I'm a neighbor to his district, and I know what our <clears throat> geography is about, our political geography is about. And he unloaded. He on unloaded on her via email. Yeah, just you know. Yes. So mm-hmm. and he will and he'll and he'll run on that. Yeah, that'll be his, that'll fund- be his fundraiser. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. We're talking about Congressman um, Alan West. Alan West. What a jerk. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. I mean, well, he's just a the, dick. And I don't mean I don't I don't want to be ad hominem about this, but his behavior that way and and bullying and and yeah, just. Well, this is this is a party where a guy who stands up and yells liar at the president doesn't get recalled; he gets reelected. Yeah, and and fundraises on that, and and is doing it for God and Jesus again. I I really think again. that theocracy is the enemy here. It is. I, I say that as somebody who goes to church, goes over to her church three times a week. People. <laughs> and let me you put know? it this way: nobody nobody fears theocracy like a good Christian. Right. Good exactly. Christian. Exactly. You know. You if you're a, if you're a rotten Christianist, as some people call it, or mm-hmm. Christopath, as I call yep. it, yep. then you want theocracy because you want to force everybody to see the world the way you do. But a real Christian, a real humble, um, neighbor-loving, least of these, Matthew-following Christian mm-hmm. hates the idea of theocracy yeah, and loves well, the idea of activist government. Anyone who because anyone a, who actually believes any <clears throat> of the story of Jesus 
recognizes that the people that nailed that man to a tree mm-hmm. were the religious and political conservatives of his day. Absolutely. Who wanted power yes. to be – thought power was more important than people. Because he was there to turn family against family and disrupt them, disrupt yep. the power structure. Yep. He was not there to lead a conventional warfare. He was there to tell people, you know what my plan is? Love your enemy. Right. And treat people that you normally overlook as if they were me. And care about the and, poor and give a yeah. shit about the poor and give a shit about the poor and give a shit and, about the poor. And, and, and the Philistines literally – a tree for that. Yeah. The Pharisees said, what the fuck are you talking about? He's, yeah. he's threatening our power structure. We got it all good here. You know. Yeah. We're we're the yeah. ones that have God on our side, and so we'll just take care of this. Yeah, we're, we're not going to church here, but they were living under imperial rule. Yeah, you, you couldn't vote the Romans out of of nope. of uh, Jerusalem. Yep. <laughs> you know, they weren't going to go away. But we live in a democracy, and it, it, that's why. Yeah, but you, know, you can't you can't you know, vote David Gregory out of power. I mean, no, this no. is the thing. What, I, what I'm saying is, Christians, mm-hmm. and, you know, good Christians and good liberals like. Government. We don't like big government or small government. We like appropriately sized government to meet the needs of our social contract because in a democracy, it's the people working together. Mm-hmm. The idea behind Christianity is we all get together and we all work together. We all solve these really hard problems. Well, that is democracy. And in a democracy, we all get together and we all build bridges. And you know what? They might be in your state or mine, but we all get together and we figure out what's vexing us, what's causing our, our society to, to, to fail, what's the, the dagger in our heart. And we include the, the plight of the poor and we include the plight of the elderly in that equation and say, how do we make this situation better as a group of people who freely associate and live in a democracy? Let's allocate some of our resources together, even if we have to confiscate it from each other. It should be an honor to pay taxes in a democracy. Yeah. And it used to be. People used to be proud to pay taxes because that meant they had a job. Yep. yep. And that was a big deal. And being able to kick in enough to pay for rural electrification yeah. <laughs> and the Hooper Dam and to pay so that old people don't die in the streets from poverty was an honor. And the idea that some somewhere some Christian believes that all of that is the work of evil, imperialist, liberal, America-hating communists and not Christian is such a sick perversion of Christianity that it's, it just breaks my heart to think of these people praying to the same God I do and thinking that we have anything in common. Yeah. On that anyway. note, we're going to close because yeah. we're done. Yep. <laughs> Drift class, I am so happy to be marrying you and – being your wife is going to be one of the nicest things I've ever done for myself. So I love Well, you so back much. at you, baby. <laughs> We're going to have a fun wedding. It's just going to be easy. And there's no crying in podcasting, so I'm done. <laughs> we'll be podcasting the whole wedding, right? What? <laughs> no, I yeah, think no. we're going to try to get some audio, but that's I don't know whether it'll be. Uh, it depends on what they allow us to do at the courthouse, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have a flip cam. We'll do some things. We'll do a few things. You're not going to have your face on camera, though, I don't no, think. Right? No. We'll work it out. We're, we're just really glad that you're a part of our blog and podcast family, folks. So thank you for writing us on all your kind words. We really appreciate it. We have a website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can listen to us for free with no download and no registration. And you can listen to our archives. And 
we have noticed that a lot of people have been playing catch up with past episodes over the summer, which is perfectly logical now that we think about it. Yeah. You know, but we're really glad that uh, you have access to that and just go over to our website. You, Oh, you know, I missed that episode back two weeks ago. I think I'll go listen to that. And, and we try to keep these things sort of timely and timeless at the same time. So hopefully um, you're getting something. It looks like you guys are getting something out of it because we, we notice that people are going back and listening two or three episodes back. So thanks for catching up with us. And, uh, again, you can listen to our archives for free right there at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. We are on Facebook, and our podcast is posted at Facebook every week. We have a Facebook page. If you like us on Facebook, you can also friend me. I am Francis Langham on Facebook. And uh, if you friend me, I will friend you back. We're on iTunes. We love our iTunes listeners. And again, a shout out to our Crooks and Liars listeners. We are posted at Crooks and Liars, that fabulous blog, every Saturday night at Open Thread. We need your contributions to continue podcasting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a link and also a snail mail address. We have a P.O. box, and at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, you may use that PayPal button or uh, send us a contribution via snail mail uh, to the podcast. And again, the address is at our website. Is that uh, is that over fifteen buck offer still on the table there, Blue Guy? Uh, for a little while longer, we've only got about twenty five notepads left. But if uh, you send us fifteen dollars or more, we mm-hmm. will send you one of our little notepads that we handed out at Netroots Nation. It says the Professional Left Podcast with Drift Glass and Blue Gal, podcasting from Netroots Nation on iTunes and at professionalleft.blogspot.com. It has little twenty five sheets of paper, and if you send us fifteen dollars or more for a limited time. We right. will, while supplies last literally, because I think we have 25 left, uh, we will snail mail you a notepad for. And, and that's for the professional side. left only, I must add. Right. Uh, you know, the, it's part of our burgeoning media empire, Blue Gal. <laughs> Whatever. And, uh, so I, I occasionally get contributions uh, for $17.50 or over for Drift Glass. Oh. And uh, I don't want to disappoint anybody by making promises I can't keep. So. Um, until we merge this into a, a, a one giant blog-o-pado machine, <laughs> um, <clears throat> just for accounting purposes. Um, although, if you guys, you know, uh, have your have your heart set on a notepad and you make a contribution to me um, in excess of that amount, just note it on there. I'd be happy to send it to you. Yeah, as long you as have we have, you have to let Drift. If you're over at Drift Glass's blog and you're giving him money, you do ha- you have note. to let him know that you want a notepad because I yeah. don't get those emails. So I get all the pro left podcast emails, but I don't get his email, personal emails. So thank you everyone for your contributions and for keeping our podcast going. We yeah, and and we're gonna keep it going post post marital. It's gonna be post marital podcasting. So it will. This is our last premarital podcast. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of blissed out, people, just so you know. He's here this week, so we're both in the same house, up at the same roof, getting kids off Podcasting from 40 feet away. Yeah, well, and it's it's the start of school this week for two of them, and that's a very exciting time. Believe me. These 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 crazy kids actually look forward to going to school. They do. Which, uh, I don't know what the hell you feed them. Actually, well, I do. You do know but, what I feed them, <laughs> junk. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but like, yeah no, they they are um, academically well. You know, it's in the blood. Yeah, your I mom know. was a teacher. My <laughs> exes uh, is a professor. My, both my parents taught. 
I'm certified teacher. It's just father, stepfather, yeah. stepmom, sister, you name it. It's both just my it's parents embarrassing. Were professors, both all four grandparents were educators so on my side. So yeah, it's just it's in the blood. Yeah. That's all. But, uh, it's an exciting week here for everybody. So we're we're glad about that. Uh, we have an email address, which is proleftpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Feel free to write us. Be aware that if you write us at that address, we reserve the right uh, to read your email on the air. So if that's a problem, let us know. Mm-hmm. So, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the, the Internet Kitties are pretty pissed, actually. They came in third in the Iowa straw poll, and they still can't get on MeetPF and press. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, lovey dovey. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast. I feel like I've been thrown under the giant uh, Obama bus, the oh. brand new liberal <laughs> that makes Four billion dollar, whatever. Oh. I don't want to be all Michelle Bachman and start talking about how many army units it took to build that bus. No, you know? <laughs> no but I would like to point out that it has 170 percent greater liberal running over capacity. You know, base you throwing. Can under so many capacity. liberals under that bus. It goes so the cl- fast. Oh, the clearance on this thing is just amazing. <laughs> Entire blocks of liberals under there now. Oh, they just go man. bang, bang, bang. You sound Barely bitter. Been- I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm a happy guy. Uh huh. Well, let's get I started just, and tell, talk about our happiness. All right, let's begin. <laughs> let me get my let me get my radio voice on, Blue Gal. One two three. One two three. Oh, you know. Rowan and Martin's laughing. Did we this have a beautiful downtown Burbank? <laughs> all right, let's rock and roll, baby. This is the podcast for August twelfth, two thousand eleven. It's it's not August twelfth. Damn it! Damn you, Blue Gal. I didn't update this. Yeah, it, it's an important day. Yeah, it is. It's my wedding anniversary for the rest of my life. I better know this. Yeah. yeah. If you, I, I, I'm going to let you live this down? No, I'm not. No, okay. No, you're going to owe me. Gonna, Big. Oh. Yeah. That's always yeah. nice. Yeah. I, I like all the all the interest payments I have to make to you. That never, yeah. never touch the principal, but, you know, that's all yeah. right. Oh, you know what? I'm too big to fail. <laughs> 